What's up, y'all? It's Zap with Living Corporate, and you know what we're doing, right? Every single week, we're having real talk in a corporate world. And we do that how? We do that by having uh, conversations with uh, black and brown executives, activists, elected officials, public servants, authors, professors, shoot, CEOs, entrepreneurs, influencers, celebrities. You know, just having real conversations, trying to... Um, in those conversations, center and amplify the experiences of those on the margins. I'm really excited because, um, you know, every again, every week we have an incredible guest. And this week we have Shauna Hughes. Shauna Hughes is the global product growth and innovation evangelist at Get Feedback by SurveyMonkey and is a Salesforce MVP. OK, she is passionate about tech equity, accessibility, equality and customer experience shauna welcome to the show now look i know this is a loaded question i'm gonna ask you anyway how are you doing yeah that's a loaded question i am you know i'm alive i think you know we got to be grateful that we wake up every morning and and take a breath um and you know i'm optimistic so i'll i'll leave it at that (laughs) okay what are you optimistic about I'm optimistic about our future. Um, I am so excited to see so many young people that are standing up and fighting for social justice, equity, and equality. I am, I am just in awe of their grit, their determination. You know, them being unapologetically who they are, and I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. I love it. First, let's just talk a little bit about your role at Get Feedback. Like, I'm looking at the title, <laughs> Global Product Growth and Innovation Evangelist. I'm like, okay, what is what does that mean? Like, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> it's a mouthful, right? Like, <laughs> I know everyone always asks me, what do I do? What's interesting or what's funny is that, you know, the people close to me still don't know what it is that I do, which is um, so funny. My mom thought for a while that I was you know, drug trafficking because I was traveling so much. (laughs) You know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I can't even, I can't knock your mom, you know? I mean. Right. (laughs) She's like, I don't know anybody that travels as much as you do. Um, Okay, mom. Well, with my position, I sit at the intersection of product development and product marketing, right? So my job is all about growing awareness of our product in the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, So whether that be I'm at events, I'm speaking about products and or services, I'm speaking about our um, commitment to, you know, diversity and inclusion efforts. I am essentially the face of the product, if that helps out a little bit. It does. It does. And, you know, um, first of all, and shout out to you. I mean, you you. being the face uh, because I love your brand. Right. I've looked at your LinkedIn picture. You know, I do my little research. (laughs) You know, I was like, oh, snap, I love this. And she's a sister. And she got this hair. This is fire. I'm I'm all for it because, you know, when we promote this episode, we're going to take, you know, a headshot and we're going to that's going to be like the thing. And, you know, I don't know if you again, like this is not even self-promotion. Maybe it is because it's like our platform. I don't know. The point uh-huh. is, if you go to Living Corporate's website <laughs> and you look at the grid, like you just see all of these black and brown faces. So I just, I love the fact mm-hmm. that you said, you know, because each one of those people are people that we've interviewed, right? So like, I just love the mm-hmm. fact that you said, you know, you're the face and like you're you're the main point of engagement. It's also interesting because typically, at least in my experience, 
it seems like, you know, you talk about um, diversity, equity and inclusion. It's like, you know, sometimes there are organizations that have a lot of they may have a decent number of black folks there, but they're not necessarily touching the register, so to speak. Like they're not the ones necessarily like, you know, pushing the product or like directly interfacing with the mm-hmm. market or clients. And so it's I find this all which is very intriguing. Right. And get, continuing forward, you know, it's interesting because get feedback by the nature of its organization is focused on feedback. So, like, can we talk a little bit about this season and how, um, if at all, the internal culture of get feedback has shifted regarding marginalized employees um, feeling empowered to speak truth to power and leaders being receptive to those uncomfortable points of feedback? Yeah. Um, thank you for that question. You know, when I came on board, you know, it was it was interesting because they had their, you know, ERG set up and they kind of tapped me and was like, hey, I think it'll be great for you to be involved with the ERGs. We know how your reputation is in the community and um, we think it'll be a great voice, you know, to have you involved. And um, I was like, sure, let me just try and get my footing here, figure out what's happening. Um, and then this in this season, so essentially, I'm coming on board, and then all of this chaos starts happening, right? Um, or it continues to happen from our perspective, but it starts from right. theirs, if that right. makes sense. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm like, oh wow, this is you know, this is taking on a lot of responsibility because I not only have my position, but I also am being asked to take on this additional position. And the leadership has been phenomenal. And when I say, um, you know, they call our leadership team, uh, VP level and above, they call them the horizon team. Um, And our horizon team, they have been phenomenal. Now, when you look at our horizon team, they're not diverse. Like, um, no one's going to pretend like there's anyone on the Horizon team that looks like you and I or any other, you know, underrepresented candidate. Yeah. However, they have made a commitment to take on um, a mantle to essentially make sure that marginalized people at work feel not only valued, but included and also represented um so putting in places policies um and procedures i'm on what we call now uh the racial justice task force in our org where i'm in constant contact with our ceo um, with other leaders um in our organization making sure that our you know hiring practices our retention practices are matching what we are saying out to the world that we're actually doing in-house um so holding them accountable and they've been 100 percent open with that internally and also externally um so it's been it's been amazing to see that transformation i mean what would you attribute to that though right like what would you attribute that change to yeah it's a combination of things i i believe you know the world came to a standstill the entire world right with uh corona with the pandemic people were stuck in place and then there are ahmaud Aubrey, brianna taylor 
than George Floyd. You know, we didn't find out about Ahmaud Arbery, you know, until after George Floyd, which, you know, is another issue within itself. Mm -hmm. However, when we, <laughs> when, when you publicly or you broadcast out to the world this murder of this man who is being literally tortured and pleading for his life on camera. And you can see this for eight minutes and 46, eight minutes. You're sitting here watching someone die. I believe that because the world stopped and because you're able to see that and you're able to feel that it gave you space to be able to breathe in what we've been breathing in for centuries. Right. Right. And now you can digest that. And now you can be like, Oh man, this stuff really happens. Yeah. No, I mean, it's curious because I think to your to your earlier language, you use a word that I, I rarely hear organizations use, mm -hmm. corporate organizations use, which is justice. So mm -hmm. you talk about justice and you're having these conversations. I'm curious, like when you say justice, does that include organizational justice? Like, does that include if there are situations where, you know, folks, it, it turns out that they have been harmed in some way. Mm -hmm. Does that include also making sure that they're advocated for and 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 like supported or protected. 100%. Now to say that, you know, the organization does it perfectly and that they're, you know, they aren't going to make any mistakes, you know, you'd be stupid to think that, right? Sure. Sure. But for example, we had a BDR, um, which is a business development representative that had some racial slurs um, basically said to him, and I mean, it was the most disgusting and vile language, you know, that you can just imagine and think of from a prospective client. And even though the organization didn't handle it like you or I would, right? Like, um, <laughs> there's just some things that we, you know, we will, um, I would say, immediately react upon sure right but being a public organization when you think about business you have to think about there are certain things that you can't say or do or it opens you up for you know additional risk etc mm -hmm. however even though i was upset and didn't agree with how they initially handled the situation i do believe that they made up for it and how they then progressively handled the situation, you know, all the way from the CEO, all the way down to, you know, the individual's, you know, manager. They made him feel like he was protected and like it was going to be, and it was handled, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I think, and I think that's the, it's like, we know, we talk about it from time to time. I'll live in corporate, but I do think that that's like the, like the, the underlying like tension with all of mm -hmm. this is that like, like when it comes to real accountability, just how capitalism is like weaved all through it. Right. Through so it. exactly. You can't like quote unquote can't. So you, cause you can, you can, you can do a lot of things, mm -hmm. um, but you, but you can't quote unquote 
say or handle things as they frankly should be handled because there's financial implications to it. But it's like, I don't know. Like I would, I'm, I guess I'm waiting for, and I'm sure, I'm sure it happens. Right. But I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for an organization to straight burn a bridge in the name me. of black me. equity. Right. <laughs> like, bruh, bruh, me too. like, like, cause what's the point? Like, are you serious? Like, so you're telling me, so you, okay. So I get it. Cause you, okay. Cause you're saying you're going to miss out on X amount of millions of dollars. If, if I don't, mm-hmm. um, if, if you don't quote, handle this in a, you know, in a respectable way, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's like okay, so but what's my humanity worth, right? Worth. Like, and so exactly, and I think like that's like my that's like my ongoing frustration. I think it also like goes into like, so thankfully you're living corporate, like you know we ask the questions people answer fairly transparently, and like we push and like we rarely get we get where we want to go. But mm-hmm. I think there's, I think there's also like there's like there's a fear of organizations mm-hmm. even admitting wrong in the name of mitigating litigious risk, and it's yes, like exactly. look, I, it's like it's like y'all like just admit that you're wrong like mm-hmm. the thing about it is most people <laughs> like most people believe it or not don't even have the time energy or money <laughs> to pursue a lawsuit like that right. is so tiring <laughs> like people do not people really over like i don't know man folks just think like black and brown folks out here just just can't wait to sue it's like it's like i mean we live in a litigious society but like it takes a lot of effort, time. Like, you know, I gotta go find a lawyer. Exactly. Put the money up. It, just admit that you were wrong, and then guess what? Y'all make money. Just be willing to handle what you need to handle outside of court. Like ninety percent of these things get handled anyway, and move mm-hmm. on. But like, there's so much mental gymnastics. I think that happens. Where folks just mm-hmm. don't want to don't want to own that. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, I 100% agree with you, and that's what you just said is the exact way I felt. And it's actually the exact way that um, our CEO, Xander Laurie, felt. However, the information didn't actually trickle up to him until, you know, a few days after, right? So it's like, he he wanted to take immediate action. He wanted something like this to happen. I mean, not wanted something like this to happen. No, but he wanted he, smoke though. Like he was, it, he was fine with. He was, yeah. he was with, he was with the stuffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. He, yeah. He, was, he was with it. So, um, unfortunately, like you said, jumping through those hoops of, you know, this is where it's important to make sure that your leadership team, regardless to what level leader they are, you know team leads, managers, you know, executives, whoever it is, making sure that they understand what is your values and mm-hmm. what you're willing to do about those values. Right? Yeah. 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 And you know, it's interesting because I think this season, right, of mm-hmm. like folks having to sit at home, all of the exacerbated civil unrest due to mm-hmm. uh, state sanctioned and federally sanctioned brutality against black and brown okay. bodies. Yeah, it's forcing folks to focus on even the words like you say, like center your values. But it's true, like, like no, like really, what are your values? Yes. And like, <laughs> and it's it's important. It's important to like really think about. Okay, so what am I actually? Because, and it's important to say like, what are not my values, right? Mm-hmm. So because because if you sit back and you say, well, one of my values is people. Okay, so then what does that mean, like practically mm-hmm. speaking? Like, because if something is a value of value to you that means that you're willing to let other things go for no. this thing because it's a value right 100 percent. 
And so, like, when you sit back and you say, well, integrity is a value or, mm-hmm. like I said, people is a value or trust is a value, but then you do things to, like, directly undermine that, then, yo, those are not mm-hmm. your values. And exactly. it's 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 good. It's good, actually, to, like, mm-hmm. interrogate and, and really just say, like, okay, look, these are not my values. And, like, right. but some of that, I think, also just has to do with, like, we're a lot of us are scared to look in the mirror. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, like, yeah. you know, I can say, I can say for me, like, you know, if I know I've been laying up, I ain't really been moving around, I've been eating crazy. I ain't trying to, I scuttle by that mirror. I ain't trying to look. But if I've been, but if I've been doing what I need to do, I've been drinking my water, you know what I'm saying? Doing my mm-hmm. daily meditations, drinking my tea, lifting some weights from time to time. I'm going a, I'm to a stop and stare in the mirror, right? Right. But like when you know you jacked up, it's kind of like, well, I don't, don't want to look. Exactly. And I do, I do think that that extends, right? I think there's, I think there's something to say. There's something to that you know, at the global organizational level. And then also, like you said, like for leaders, like what are you actually standing for? Now you may not like to look yourself in the mirror and say, yo, I don't actually stand for black people. Mm. <laughs> I don't actually care. Right. But, but at least if you, if you're honest with yourself, then you can figure out that I don't like that about myself and you can work with people to, you know, and isn't that a word, right? If you're honest with yourself, mm. you know, so many people aren't, we live in, a world of, you know, false tees or window drapings and people just being so fake mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and not, you know, true and real to who they are, what they represent. And even if you are not for Black people, you know, and you say that, like, thank you. I know how right. to deal with you. I know right. how... I, you don't have to like me like i no one on this earth ever said that you had to like me (laughs) but you do have to respect me you know there's a difference there's a difference but i we've gotten so so far off path where it's like everyone needs to you know love everybody i was like I don't even love or like everybody in my family. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> what? But you're absolutely um, right. And like, it's, it's like this. It's like this heightened degree of nice niceties exactly. and like Oof. and like genteel. But, it, but it's but it's still but it's still harm, right? It's harm. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, you know, you think about why is it harmful though? Let's talk. Why is that mm. harmful? It's harmful because it's not authentic and it's harmful exactly. because it's not right. It's, harm, it's it's not authentic and it's harmful because, you know, people again, you t- you're absolutely right. People conflate niceness with respect. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not they're not the same. You know, you can calmly and genteely uh, <laughs> disrespect somebody. Exactly. Can, right. Like you think of, you think about like Mike Pence. Mike Pence was calmly, yep. calmly mm-hmm. disrespecting every, disrespecting both of them women. Right. Calmly it, with a calm. with a straight face, with that uh, that serial killer stare, <laughs> just with them N sixty four graphics on their face, just exactly looking like a character from GoldenEye, just right. GoldenEye sixty four, just just being as rude, rude and, and, and people, mm. disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And, Kam- and, and Kamala over here, like, man, I just, oh, I, I. now there was a part in there, and look, now we all off, but that's cool because that's what we do. Okay, so, because there was a part where Kamala said, she said, I'm talking. Right. I'm speaking. 
I, I, I was triggered because I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, because it reminded mama, me. Uh, where's my mama? Yes, I like, oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to get slapped in the face. Right, I'm about to get pinched. I'm about to get pinched. Um, and so See, ours, but, but, was, ours was booed in the mouth. You gonna get booed in the mouth? Good booed in the mouth. Where are you from? Talking about booed in the mouth. That's funny. I am actually from Minnesota. <laughs> Word. Okay. You were born in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, my family is from Illinois. So. Okay, so check this out. Small world. So my family is from Mississippi, but my dad's side moved up to Rock Island, Illinois. Mm. You know Rock Island? Around our quad cities? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that yeah sound like you really kind of, kind of, but don't. Okay, that's cool. So I kind of, but don't. You're right. Okay. <laughs> black people know black people. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then, and then. Hold on. And then you said, so Minnesota, born and raised. Okay, so you have to know Woodbury, Minnesota. You have to of know. Of course, that. yeah. Okay, so I lived there for a couple of years when I was in middle school. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, right? Small yeah, world. Yeah, that is a small world. I mean, um, well, we all know this This state here is um, as racist as it can get. Listen, it ain't it, ain't it though? <laughs> and just as yeah, much. But, but it's polite racism, It's man. polite, though. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. N-word, did you move? Right, exactly. Man, you know, I thought Xander's interview was pretty fun. I ain't gonna lie, Xander, I, she, uh, you, you lost. Uh, this is... <laughs> exactly. Don't worry, I love beating white men. Um, oh my gosh, that's hilarious, man! I cannot wait. I can't wait for Xander to listen to this interview. No, he'll, he'll be fine. No, he'll be great. Well, that, well, I laughed when you. I, we kind of went on this path because you said something. You said like, no, Xander wanted it, and I could tell. Yes. I could tell that Xander wasn't playing because of the tone and the frame of our conversation mm-hmm. we're talking about survey monkeys path and mm-hmm. and and just you know the, and y'all's and y'all's journey and and you know he and he, he acknowledged he said look you know i'm I, he's like you know there's been critique and rightfully so that it took this moment this mm-hmm. this year for us to get to this point but he's like i'm here and i'm not going anywhere because we exactly. talked about we talked about 2021 and he was like he was like look like we're not changing like mm-hmm. Like like the the intention and momentum isn't slowing down. Like we're going to continue forward, and if you're not interested in, mm-hmm. um, and, and if you're not interested in that, then you don't you won't work here. And right. I'm curious to know, like, do do you feel that? Like, do you feel that level of intentionality that Xander articulated? I do. I actually do feel that. Um, and you know, there's already been some changes that he's made that has. Um, really highlighted the fact that he is committed to this. So I really commend his leadership and how he's moving. I really do. It's 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 something that you rarely get to see, especially from someone at his level. You know, you're passionate about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also very vocal and like you let it be known that you're a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, may I ask, like, what has it been like to work as a parent and a black one at that during a global pandemic mm-hmm. and everything else is going on? You know, I actually, I took four weeks off. Um, After Juneteenth, I facilitated like this big celebration, informational sessions, all these things for the entire organization. Um, And then afterwards, like I was excited for that. I think like that, that's what kept me going for so long. I was really excited about it. But then after that, I, it's like I crashed to be honest, like I crashed. Kids are at home 24 seven, I'm at home 24 seven. 
work isn't slowing down. Like, I don't know if you follow stock markets and how SurveyMonkey is doing. Like, yes. the organization is doing great in this time. Yes. Yeah. So it's like nothing, it wasn't slowing down for us. And then everything else that's happening on top of that. And I can, I mean, I consider myself an empath. Like, I feel things deeply. Mm. And I feel things that come off of, you know, the world as in its energies and, and things of that nature. And I couldn't properly grieve for my community because mm. so many things were happening at once. People were losing their jobs. People were getting sick and dying. Kids were, you know, being at home without a parent because their parent had to work. They didn't have food. They were being abused. Like all of these things just start piling up on each other. And I literally felt like I was like, I, I don't know, like I was in a black hole mm. and I couldn't get out. I couldn't breathe. So I had to take some time for myself and um, focus on, okay, we're here, what can I do now? Um, how can I help? And uh, that's what kind of got me out of that. Yeah, you know, I, I really, I, I, as a new parent mm -hmm. uh, and, as a, and as a black one. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, at this point, folks who listen to Living Corporate regularly know because I talk about Emery all the time. She's six months old. I um, love that name, Emery. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 she's great. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I do think about that too. Like like you just said, like taking the time to grieve. Like it's privilege. It's a privilege to be able to take exactly time off because like, I don't know, there's different industries, right? Like I, I'm in a very like uh, climbing client services, right? As a mm -hmm. So I have time. Like I took, you know, I'm recording this on the 9th of October when I took this week off. Mm. just to give myself like you know some air <laughs> some air yeah um, but frankly like you know i've gone through i've had my own trauma that i've dealt with in and outside of the workplace not related to any of this mm -hmm. from last year that i'm still dealing. like dealing with and like getting navigating out of like mm -hmm. not even to mention all the things that have happened this year right and so like mm -hmm. honestly it's worth another conversation about you know, grieving properly, like, or grieving Ooh. effectively, because like, that's, that's work. Like the more I think about it, it's like, man, I have mm -hmm. so much grieving to, like, I look at it as like, almost like, almost like laundry. Like you just like, you yeah. know, just sitting over there. Like I have so much grieving mm -hmm. to do. And like, it's really something that needs to be engaged because if it isn't, then you just, you know, you sit back and you think, mm -hmm. you know, that you don't need to, it's like, no, you, you need to engage. You need this. to. Yeah. I, we, so number one, we know that, I think we're all the way off topic, but we are, <laughs> <laughs> we aren't given the time nor space to grieve as, as black people, period. I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to properly grieve ever. And mm -hmm. even though I took that time off, I took it off from work. I'm still a mother. I'm still, right. I still have, you know, my nonprofit. I still have all of these millions of things. I'm a caregiver to my parents. Like there's millions of things that goes on behind the scenes that when people see you, they're like, oh, she's so 
put together this, this and that, but you don't know how much it took for me to get to this point. Um, right. Or what it I, takes me to stay here. Stay there. Exactly. And as black people, we don't get the time to grieve. And then if we are grieving, we're looked at as weak. Right. And, mm -hmm. I, and that's from the outside community, but that's even from our own community as well. No, you're, you're right. You're right. And I think so, you know, it's interesting. Um, so Culture Amp, um, another mm -hmm. company, you know, they talk about, you know, one of the things that they're rolling out is like uh, mental health services and extra mm -hmm. time, you know, to yep. like help their, with their marginalized employees. And I think about that more and more often is like, man, like if you were to probably put a dollar figure on. So it's two ways you look at it, right? It's like, mm -hmm. like as a business, like you could put a dollar figure on how much it would cost to give all that time off and like all the like different the care like the, mm -hmm. the health care but then but then you could also look at it from the perspective of the cost of not giving that to your employees exactly. the cost of the strain and wear and tear on your on your mm -hmm. the burnout your, that's gonna happen the, the burnout that's the word the burnout mm -hmm. that's gonna happen and i i really do hope mm -hmm. as hr organizations and like DNI champions and leaders as like we continue forward and we look at 2021 that like they that we really do a hard reassessment of mm -hmm. benefits and like yep. because that's really important because it's not it's not just about giving me the hours to it's about mm -hmm. making sure that like when I have those like when I take that time off that like when I come back I'm not like and I'm I'm not looking at a mountain of work work because time off a lot of folks don't take time off because they're like I take time off. I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna just be, you know, that swamp. much more busy. Yeah. I'm gonna be swamped, mm -hmm. and it's like, dang, that's okay. So that means that that means there's some organizational like issues. systemic challenge issue, <laughs> yeah. that, like because that's that, that there's some failures there from like just like a business optimization perspective. If when you leave and you come back, it's almost like you just like stopped working as opposed to you literally took a healthy break. Like and it's time that you've break. earned, exactly. right? And you, I think leadership, you know, th that's where the problems in leadership lies. There's so many people in leadership positions or management positions that do not understand how to operationalize the, the policies that they have in place. So if you have an employee that needs to take time off, you should automatically have a process in place where that employee has a backup, where that employee, you know, the next employee knows how to do that employee's job and they're able to take over and you can divide that across the team or whatnot. But the lack of understanding of how to operationalize these things are are what hurts organizations. Now, when it comes to SurveyMonkey, I do have to say that they've been amazing. So as an organization in the US, we have um, what's called flexible PTO or no, responsible PTO. So essentially unlimited PTO as long as you're being responsible, right? So you can take off as much time as you need most people don't like you said they don't because either they enjoy their work or they want to make sure that the work that they're doing is um you know is not left by the wayside and they want to you know they want to make sure that they are um being a good contributor to their organization but survey monkey was like hey take your time off take the time off take whatever you need whatever it is um xander said this and to all the employees, like this is coming from me. If your manager has anything to say about it, they have to answer to me. Take the time. If you need the time, take it. And yeah. for all of our black employees, they actually had an organization 
that deals with trauma and loss and grief and things like that come into um, our ERG group. And we've had multiple sessions with them on how to navigate and deal with these things and talk about them. See, that's fire, right? Like, yeah. see, that's the difference to me between like real leadership in the space and, you know, sending out mm-hmm. an email giving empty platitudes like that's that's really cool um so so you know i know also we talked about at the, at the top of your your bio mm-hmm. um, that you're passionate about you know equity and accessibility uh, from yeah. the tech perspective. like how do you believe this season if at all has exacerbated certain levels of inaccessibility and inequity in tech i mean so many people have been set back um I haven't seen as much as an impact on like tech jobs that I've had, I've seen on a lot of other positions, right? Um, A lot of the organizations that I work with, um, they're still hiring like crazy. However, people who are underrepresented, they can't access those opportunities Hmm. because their sources of um, support are gone. Their sources of, you know, like, let's even say mentorship or coaching, those are gone. A lot of people don't have access to reliable internet. You know, they don't have a computer that they can hop on. A lot of the things that they were doing, they it was it was physical. You had to be in person to do them. You had to yeah. go, you know, go to where it, you know, where it was. Like they don't have the access in their homes and their homes might not even be the safest places for them to be. Um, When you think about how this Mm -hmm. pandemic has affected our communities, you know, it's not just about the pandemic. I'm so tired of hearing about them, about how many people have died. Like, yes, understood. But let's talk about the people that are still living that need us. Right, right. You're absolutely right. I think about, I was talking to my wife about that very thing and said, well, okay, so 200, over 210,000 people have died. I was talking to Candace about, I said, you know, Candace, it's crazy because, so two, first of all, it's a, a, just an obscenely, obscene, just obscene yes. it's ridiculous. And, and then I thought about, okay, each one of those people had a family and like exactly. friends. So I think about like how many people, like, millions of people were connected mm-hmm. like not to mention the, the 7 million that have been you know who have uh, been tested positive exactly but like all the people that like missed their mm-hmm. friend their father their mm-hmm. husband their wife their daughter their cousin right their next door neighbor like they're like it's just an it's just an insane amount of loss it's really it's really not calculable the loss exactly. of, um so I, I i hear you um mm-hmm. Sitting at where you sit at Get Feedback, which is part of Serving Monkey, what are you most anxious about? And then conversely, what are you most excited about looking at the next 18 months? What am I most anxious about? Um, I would have to say losing momentum. Um, You know, people like people always say, you know, this is the bright, shiny thing that's happening right now. And then, you know, people are going to move on. It's kind of that question that you had to Sander, right? What's going to happen in 2021? Are you going to lose momentum? Um, 
that's what makes me nervous is that people, you know, once the world starts opening back up, people are going to completely forget, you know, or completely move on to the next thing, especially if they're not authentic about what they want to do with what's happening, you know, social justice and those issues. But I am optimistic about those leaders that are committed and that are authentic um, and that are creating programs you know, that are putting money behind it because we know progress follows the money, right? Um, they're putting money behind their words and their actions um, to make sure it's something that's sustainable for, you know, years to come. Now, this has been a dope conversation. Before <laughs> I let you get up out of here, um, you have any parting words or shout outs or both? <laughs> um I just want to give a shout out to all, you know, all the black people who are, um, you know, making stuff happen um, and just really, you know, living your authentic self and lifting while you rise. Um, you know, I can't thank you enough because it's because of you all that I'm here and it's going to be because of all of us that the next generation is able to be here as well. So thank you. Come on now. All right. All right. We appreciate you. And look, y'all, y'all know what we're doing. This is every single week we're having these conversations. Real talk in the corporate world. We're centered amplifying black and brown folks at work. Don't ask us where we at, okay? Because we all over Beyonce's internet. You just type in living <laughs> corporate, okay? Living corporate. And we pop up, right? Check us out on our website, living-corporate.com. Check us out on Instagram at living corporate, Twitter at living corporate underscore pod. Uh, you know, and everywhere else, okay? We're everywhere this podcast stream. We got a whole web series, all these different shows that we're doing, focused on various types and experiences uh, within the diaspora uh, and, the, and the brown diaspora as well, because what's up, brown people? We see you too. Uh, but anyway, all that being said, we have had Shauna Hughes. You've been listening to her. Shauna Hughes, as a reminder, is the global product growth and innovation evangelist at Good Feedback by SurveyMonkey and is uh, a Salesforce MVP. Till next time, y'all. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.